Thank you to our new patrons, Hunter Gross and Dylan McDee. Folks, you are the spaghetti to our meatball. You can hear a plethora of deleted scenes and full-length exclusive episodes by clicking on the link to our Patreon in the description for this episode. Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news... An Aragon live-action TV series is in early development at Disney+. Christopher Paolini, author of The Inheritance Cycle, upon which the new series will be based, will serve as co-writer and executive producer on the project, which I think is super, super cool. All right. Yeah, because I think that's what the movie was missing, that Christopher Paolini juice and, like, all of the other juice that makes a good movie, but, like, mainly that, you know? I think it's really cool that there's multiple studios. Like, like look what's happening with uh, the Percy Jackson show that's coming out it's like there were these movies or in this case one single movie where the the crowd response seems to have been uh lukewarm at best mostly people hated it. <laughs> but like uh it's funny because like i haven't seen the percy jackson movies but i've heard they're they're not great they're okay okay yeah i haven't seen them either but it seems like studios are saying all right so in the early 2000s and late 2000s early early 20 teens or whatever we were coming out with these big movies and the the movies were it wasn't getting all of it it wasn't doing it and now and i think that i think it was game of thrones honestly i think game of thrones yep. is the thing where people were like oh we should just maybe the walking dead too yeah like just taking the source material and really saying okay let's just take our time with it let's flesh it out let's do it right let's make 40 miniature movies i mean you've read all the books right of aragon yeah yeah i have i liked them a lot do you think that the whole the whole cycle could translate really well to a tv show or like what oh, do you yeah. think about that oh yeah i think it'll be way better as a tv show because there's like i said the movie was missing a vast amount of things for it to be like <laughs> an acceptable <laughs> aragon yeah i know it's just Everybody crazy knows. to me i was so mad it missed like all the nuance and the relationship it was just like event 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 and then jammed it down my throat and not really even in the same order as the books they needed to spend more time caring. And I think in a show format, it'll kind of give me that like relationshipy thing. You know, there's a lot of difference between like being a farm boy discovering a magical like egg in a forest and then being like a dragon rider capable of taking down other dragon riders that have been training all their life. And it kind of needs you need to like marinate in that a little bit. And so I hope with the show, it'll give them a platform on which to kind of take their time, step it out. And so the relationships feel real. I think we're going to have to time us reading the inheritance cycle with the show coming out right oh, like we we're just gonna have to do should. that because i really want to read it on here i've only read the first book people ask me about it constantly i mean i have all four of them on my shelf here it's just it's just one of those things where i just haven't felt like it's the right time to really read them but i think that once we get a release date for the show you and i can kind of predate that with reading the series we'll have it all up on here people i mean because i'm sure people will be reading the books before the show comes out or, as, or oh, yeah. as the show comes out yeah i bet a lot of people are going to be rereading them yeah I, I would do that regardless of whether or not we're doing it on the podcast but i'm stoked that we are doing it on the podcast that'll be really fun i really remember enjoying those quite a bit um did you hear that they're also making carrie stephen king uh book into a tv show a show yeah all right <laughs> yeah there's like a bunch of stephen king I read an article and there was like, here's all the new Stephen King stuff coming out. And there's like a few shows and movies. I don't know if there's any movies, but there's a few shows. Yeah, I think that the Duffer brothers, the people that wrote Stranger Things, are working with uh. Stephen King and I think Steven Spielberg 
on um, the Talisman, which is a which is a collaboration book between uh, Stephen King and Peter Straub. Who, funny enough, Peter Straub has a book called The Hellfire Club, which is the name of the D and D group in season four of Stranger Things. So there's a whole lot oh, of wow. like weird connection with like with Peter Straub, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg. The talisman, like all, I don't know what's gonna, but the talisman is really good. If anybody was wondering, I, I've got that question a couple times since season four came out because there's a there's a l tiny little scene where Lucas is reading the talisman, um, and you can like see the cover of the book, and then mm. just people, everybody was searching it up, like what the hell is this book? Um, but it's really good. It's like portal fantasy. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, I'm it's glad really that cool. they keep the Dungeons and Dragons motif going in season four. I just finished season one of um, Stranger Things with my roommate yesterday. That's oh, so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so good. Dude, it, they do such a good job of not giving you too much demigorgon and not not enough demigorgon. Like to keep because if they give him too much, then they take away his own power, right? He's just a creature like a bear. He's not mysterious. Yeah. But if they do too little, then you'll get feel like you're getting losted, and you'll be like, okay, I'm just frustrated. And they just man, it's perfect. They just nail it. I just love the music in season one. Yeah, I think the music is so the good. best in that season. Ah, it's just such an airtight season of television i mean i still think that the 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 seasons that came after it are really good i think the whole show as a show is just really excellent but this, really i is. feel like just like a little chip gets chipped off on every season as it goes it's just it's not quite that first season that you're gonna notice it in the second and third the third season's really good i liked it a lot but you're gonna notice it as it goes because they just keep they keep heaping on plot lines and characters and stuff and mm. it's like it's still good but it's just it's not you're not in that cozy little warm season yeah. one stranger. They're all little babies, you know. They're all yeah, so young. they're all so young and like easy to relate with and stuff. And it's like, I think it would be very difficult as an actor to keep all in your head of what's going on, like all the storylines. You're like, okay, I'm living this, I'm living this. And if you're actually living it, it'd be easy to just like live it and be it. But as an actor, it's like you're just experiencing it in these small little clips that you're acting out. And so you really have to like remind yourself, okay. This is all of what's been happening in my life for the last four years. There's so much going on. It must like, I feel like it would like muddle their ability to connect with their character a little bit, you know, Just, totally like, what's happening. But uh, I did really enjoy that first season. It was so good. You're, you got a journey ahead of you, my friend. Dude, we're going to kill it. We killed that in one week. You can't help but binge watch it. Yeah, really my roommate can't. also had the whole week off, and so we've been uh, oh. <laughs> we've been doing, doing a little bit of day watching sometimes. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Oh man, I read so much. It's been great. This is Good. so different than last week. I feel like last week we were just like, ah, we we read uh, some stuff. Dude. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, last week's episode for anybody listening, thank you for listening to last week's episode. It was a little weak. <laughs> we appreciate you. We guys. can't be a hundred percent on all the time, but yeah. Um, this this week I I finished uh, the Devourers by Indra Das. It was really weird and pretty good i mean i i don't know if i would really recommend it to people like it wasn't mm. it wasn't terrible I don't, it was just um okay it was good that's okay. my my final verdict um and i will probably read anything else that indra das comes out with just he's got a cool mind uh, i mean and if you had told me like evan you're gonna be reading a book about androgynous werewolves in india <laughs> i'd be like what like let's go um i mean and it was really a really cool idea really well put together for sure but it was just the writing was really sometimes really beautiful and sometimes way overly descriptive like uh, two pages sometimes of just describing what the what the whole landscape was and everything and I was like and I, stuff. I, like jungles and just uh, it was just a lot um but i mean it, it was pretty immersive at times and really really well written but also just a little bit too much sometimes and also it's just like a really graphic book i wasn't really 
ready for it. It was just... Um, <laughs> I mean, you've been reading Berserk. Yeah, but I knew going into Berserk how messed up oh, it was. Or okay. at least people had told me to expect it to be really messed up. But I thought this was going to be more kind of like... Like almost like cryptids kind of thing. Okay. Like kind of exploring the lore behind it. And it kind of was, but it was mostly... a It was a more personal story than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And I usually really enjoy personal stories. But it just... I felt like it was... A little bit too much of one thing and not enough of the other but i mean werewolves are so cool and it was a, so it was cool. a, it was a new kind of twist on it some of the lore that he had created behind it was really interesting being set in the middle of india in like 13th century or something or like something like that and then half of it was in like modern day calcutta and delhi and it was just it was a really really cool new place for me to be reading in but yeah, I don't know. It was just it kind of checks off like every content warning I could think of, and just oh, in a wow. very short amount of time. And there's it's like so many like bodily fluids and just oh. like yeah. You feel like <laughs> it's, it's kind of like... trying for the sake of like being like wow. No, no, I don't think it was going for a shock factor as much as it. I mean, it's it's werewolves. Like yeah, it's right. gonna be a little gross. They're gonna be eating people and stuff. It kind of creeped me out too. It was it was cool. I would recommend mm -hmm. it. It's just like don't read it if you're just looking for like a cool werewolf romp. That's not what it is. I wonder why werewolves you know werewolves haven't really had their day in the in the sun they haven't really haven't had their 15 minutes of fame we've had like wizard stuff and vampires for sure maybe it's vampires are a little more sophisticated and clean about it vampires are sexy werewolves just like yeah they're sexy whereas like werewolves they rip you to pieces you know it's like eh, it's cool but it's not sophisticated yeah in this book like without spoiling much it was a pretty cool take on it in the sense that like the werewolves were like that's just a moniker that western europe had given them they were like mm. rakshashas in india or like jinn okay. in the middle east or it's kind of like how the abominable snowman and the yeti right. and the wendigo um, yeah like all of that's kind of the same thing it was like he was kind of doing that with werewolves and in the sense that they had been born people and then through a, a a certain process had kind of like gained a second persona so like that was really interesting for sure but i agree with you that werewolves like there's not as much to them like vampires are this whole other thing there's so much to it um, totally werewolves it's like ah it's half man half beast they're a little more <laughs> brutish like no one wants yeah. to see him like their bad guy hunting packs you know they want like that one loner like i don't know there's just something i think they got a lot of things going against him for their 15 minutes of fame there's a book by tj clune called wolf song that i've been meaning to get to which i heard is a really good werewolf book another one that i liked a lot is called mongrels by um stephen graham jones about like a family of werewolves they're kind of below the poverty line because they just can't really, you know, they're were they're werewolves. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're trying to like survive in like modern day. It, it takes place in like the South kind He's of. He's not a part-time uh, investment banker. Yeah, what? right. <laughs> uh, that one's yeah. That mongrels is really good. I liked mongrels more than uh, the only good Indians actually, which is kind of funny because people seem to like that one more. Oh, there was a really good vampire series or not vampire, excuse me, werewolf series that I read a while ago called Dampier. Uh, that's about like a half werewolf, werewolf hunter. Um, it's written by Barb Hendy. Um, but yeah, it was very good. I liked it a lot. I mean, werewolves can be done really well, but uh, I think I'm always going to just lean towards vampires. They're just yeah, so much cooler. They're so much cooler. Let's see what else. Uh, I'm reading the, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Finally, people have been asking me about that for a while. And that's just that's one of those book talk, you know, in, internet darling books um, that's been... I don't know. It's kind of funny, though, because as popular as the book seems to be, it's it's also... I've noticed it's kind of polarizing. Some people really love it and some people kind of hate it, but I like it a lot so far. Huh. Can you give me like a teeny bit of the story? So I'm only like 100 pages into it, but it seems to be about a girl growing up in like 17th century France 
uh, or early 18th century France who doesn't want to be tied down to kind of like her village's um, kind of way of doing things. Okay. And so she kind of makes a sort of deal with a like a dark god or whatever. He kind of says like, all right, it's in exchange for letting you do kind of whatever you want and not be restricted by time or whatever. I think she's invisible. Like people forget that she, people forget she walked into a room like right after she leaves it. But I think she's like immortal. And that's what I've kind of gleaned from the first like hundred or so pages. It's really good. Like V.E. Schwab was put on this planet to write books. Everything I've ever read by her is awesome. Like she wrote um, the Shades of Magic trilogy. She wrote Gallant. Um, the right. Vicious and Vengeful du Duology. I've got like three of her books sitting behind me. And I'm just like, I want to read them because I've never read anything from her. And I just hear nothing but good things time and time and time again. She kind of reminds me of um, Stephen King in the sense that, I mean, she doesn't really have the same like voice or whatever. But just the, the quality that I love about Stephen King is that you, you your eyes really just glide over like everything. There's just yeah. her her way of writing is so engaging and so easy. And it's not simple. It's not. It's just easy. Yeah, there's a way of piecing a story and sentences together that just like makes sense to your brain or at least the average person's brain, you know? Totally. And I think maybe I'm ready for this specific story. I think that maybe that's why I'm so into it. I like following one character around. I've just always really liked that. Mm -hmm. And this character is pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, cool. But we'll see. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the first hundred pages are good and the rest of it sucks. <laughs> I don't know. total garbage. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I've been burned before. Same. Um, let's see what else. I'm still reading uh, The Fall of, Bab Fall of Babel, the fourth book and the fourth and final book in the Books of Babel Quartet. I'm like halfway through it. It's awesome. We're going to do a whole episode about it. Don't worry, everybody. Um, <laughs> and then I'm also rereading a series of unfortunate events. Oh, really? Which I'm so happy that I decided because because yeah, I like a few weeks, a couple weeks That's ago, a nice palate I, cleanser. Oh my god, it's so awesome! Like a couple weeks ago, I made a video on TikTok saying that we should have like big compendium versions of those books because there's 13 of them and they're all pretty small. So I don't wow. want I don't want 13 of these things on my shelves. I just want like no. two massive volumes with all of them in it or even three. And I'd pay out the ass for that Harper Collins. So just <laughs> hopefully you're listening. Um, but man, they're just have you read them before? Um, no, I've read like I picked them up before at Barnes and Noble and read like a couple chapters. But that's they're it. so good. It's funny because I, I posted up on the TikTok that I love them. And I think that they're amazing books. And a couple of people were just like, what are you talking about? They're like children's books. But I've read quite a few middle readers books. And a lot of them are good. But I feel like some of them don't really take a kid's intelligence very seriously. And it's not necessarily like a really bad thing. But I got insulted as a kid when I kind of experienced that. I'd be reading. I'd be like, eh. No. Yeah, but with series of unfortunate events, it's like the writer is getting down on a kid's level and saying, "All right, this is really negative and this is really sad, but I think you can handle it. So let's oh. go." The whole series starts off with Lemony Snicket or Daniel Handler, whatever you want to call him. Um, is basically just like if you like happy books, if you like books with you know frolicking elves and good magical characters and everything working out in the end like this is not the book for you this book is sad all of these books are sad these characters are going through the ringer and you're going to watch them and it's he's very upfront with how huh. brutal the books are but there's always but it's like yes it is sad but there's a lot of humor in it and there's a lot of like breaking the fourth wall and like really engaging the reader. They're fucking magnificent books. I'm so happy that I'm reading them again. And if you, if you ever, if you're listening right now and you know, Chad, if, if you're into audiobooks, 
listen to the audiobooks because they're narrated by Tim Curry, who is, Ooh. I think, maybe my absolute favorite audiobook narrator. He's amazing. I watched a little bit of the Neil Patrick Harris show, and it was like, okay, but that, that Jim Carrey movie, now that's, that's my jam. Have you watched that? Uh, yes, I have. That's so perfect. Yeah, Jim Carrey yeah. as Count Olaf is... I don't think anybody Fantastic. Can. I feel bad for Neil Patrick Harris trying to do it after yeah, Jim dude. Carrey. Sorry, Neil. It's not happening. <laughs> no. So yeah, I'm stoked, stoked to read those. And uh, also, I finished the first season of uh, The Dragon Prince. It's a little on the cringy side. Some of those jokes <laughs> are not super landing. But I mean, like as good as Avatar is, and it is very good, and I think it is better than the, this show. But I mean, as good as that is, there are still many jokes in avatar that oh, do not gosh. land like there no, are... <laughs> dude there's so many of that you're just like oh right this is a kid's show and you kind of yeah, like totally. remind yourself that to be like it's a cool i'm a full-grown adult watching this i'm fully aware it's a kid's show somebody uh, i was reading good, some re so. some reviews of it on reddit and um because that's what i do with everything is as soon as i as soon as i read or watch or play anything even for like 10 minutes i go see what everybody on reddit has <laughs> let's to go say see what they're fighting it's about so dumb i shouldn't ever do that but anyway i looked it up and um, one of the top comments, somebody said, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is a, a show for adults posing as a kid's show. And The Dragon Prince is a show for kids posing as in a show for adults. Uh, um, so, yeah, and I, I totally that? see that. Yeah, I definitely feel that very much. Um, and it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but just like going into it with that knowledge of, okay, so it seems like they wanted to write something with a little more like oomph, you know, and a little more like traditional fantasy, but it's weird. Like just, um, you know how often you and I say like, uh -huh. way too much, <laughs> way too much, but we do like say way it too often. <laughs> we, we say it a lot, but in the dragon prince, the characters are doing that all the time. They have a normal, like uh, not normal, but a modern vernacular, huh. you know, and just the, the way that the jokes are written is in a, is in a modern way. It's a little weird, but I understand because it's, it's made for kids and this right. is, you know, this is what kids are used to. So I'm used to fantasy being kind of written in, in more of like not as many contractions or like, you know, it's, it's not as much of our kind of modern way of speaking. And it, it kind of adds to the fantasy world, but I don't think that's what they're trying to do. So I'm not going to fault them for it, but it is just a little weird, but it's a good show. I'm going to watch all three seasons or the rest, the second two or whatever. Yeah. I really, uh, I really like me. I go through anime phases where I'll just be like anime and I'll do nothing but watch a bunch of anime shows for like two months. And then I won't watch any for, I don't know, like half a year. People keep recommending Vinland saga to me. Apparently that's really good. And there's another one called Doro Hidoro. I think is supposed to be really good. There's so many. Oh, Hunter by Hunter or Hunter X Hunter, whatever you want. That one's good. I think it's just called Hunter Hunter. Well, it's Hunter x Hunter. It's got an X in there. So I think it's Hunter x Hunter. You're probably right. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> You're probably definitely right. It's very good, though. It's very, very good. I think my favorite... Uh, I hate favorites. I hate it when people are like, what's your number one? And I stopped, What's your number one, Chad? I stopped asking Tell us people right that now. because I didn't want to be hypocritical. So now I ask what I would like to be asked, which is, what's a series or book or whatever I'm asking them about that's in your top three? That's a way better question because it doesn't force me to be like, oh, which is my best all time. You know, it's a little less pressure. So and my top three list is definitely Death Note is on there. Have you seen? No, Death Note? I was going to read all the manga. Oh, it's I don't know anything about the manga, but the show is incredible, in my opinion. It's just smart. It's like a, a genius playing chess and he's always trying to stay a couple steps ahead and he breaks they break things down in the show like how he's thinking like okay this action will have this reaction so thus i'll need to do this action in order to do combat that and they'll like 
take the strategy that they're doing to play against their opponents and stuff um, just so deep and it's really cool i watched the first couple episodes of death note and then decided i wanted to read the manga i think it's on shonen jump so i might get on that fairly soon i, I think i'm gonna read vinland saga after berserk and then read death note what, are the, what else is in there oh my top three yeah Hmm, let's see. What you were making top a top three. three. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just saying one thing that was on the. Oh, top. okay. I see. But, what no, you're no, doing. no, 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 three no, as no, well, you don't you know? have to. No pressure. Uh, uh, if I had to throw out another one that I really, really, really enjoyed, this definitely my top three as well. I would say, um, My Hero Academia. Love that. Uh, I haven't watched that. Oh, there's a ton fun. of episodes in that one. Yeah, there's a lot, but it's like, um, imagine Harry Potter, but with superheroes. Bunch Sick. of kids go to like superhero school, and it's cool. just great. Yeah, people really like that trope a lot. Yeah, the, it's a the really good go-to one. This is making me remember that I kind of dropped Attack on Titan. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you were so far in that. Too. I know. Dude, I, you I, can uh, only attack so much Titan before you're I, like, man. Those okay, mouths. so <laughs> I'm like halfway through the third season, and it's just, it's kind of a mess. It's not yeah. bad. It's not bad at all. But it's just, I feel like we're so far away from. <laughs> what initially was like the, <laughs> the big problem and it's just there's so many little problems now and it's just there's still the big problem but it's all these little ones are in the way uh, and it's just like what way of putting it. what do we need to figure out so that we can get back on track here because man i really liked killing all those titans and i mean it's swinging it's not around spider-man style it. it's just the like the the mess that i feel like the third season is paired with how intense that show is i have to be in the right mood for it and i just absolutely been. yeah there's four seasons right total i think so and that's not yeah, I think finished so yet i think they're capping out the whole thing with like a movie i could be wrong about that oh, though. Cool. i thought there was like a feature length episode or something i always really like it when they do that even with shows like i like that long ending even of just a series episode because it's like i don't know i feel remiss a little bit when we spend you've spent the last four years working on something give me a nice thick meal you know yeah that's what they did with the last episode of stranger things season four it's like two and a half hours long yeah i remember we like talked that night or something and i was like well we can do that like after you watch stranger things you're like no <laughs> it's like two and a half hours i was like oh wow uh one anime that i've really been meaning to get to is full metal alchemist brotherhood yeah yeah apparently that one's really good it is very good there's so much there's i'm all never right. gonna i'm never gonna get to all of it yeah, and, you know, I'm and I have a I have like a, a habit of kind of dropping stuff <laughs> and just kind of losing like that's what happened with um Rangers Apprentice. I'm like half I'm still like halfway through the second book. Oh really? Like, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, you haven't like, talked all, about that in a no, it's uh, I don't know, and I feel bad because a few people um that follow me really like Rangers Apprentice and they want to hear my thoughts on the whole series. Like, We're reading just, it with you, man. Uh, man, there's like 13 <laughs> books and it's just or like 11 books or something, Whoa. and it's just like, uh, God, it's so much. And now I'm reading know. a series of unfortunate events, and I'm like, I kind of like this more. I don't want to keep reading these. <laughs> it's a palate uh, cleanser. You're allowed to switch and be a little bit frivolous with your uh, palate cleansers, you know? Yeah, as much as I. I want to keep putting out content that people can connect with and make sure that I'm staying on a certain kind of schedule. At the same time, it's like, I'm still a reader at heart. I'm still, I'm reading for myself. Right. You know, if you're listening and you're watching all the content that we make and that I make, um, I'm so happy that you're here, but that content that you're, that you're coming to me for, there's a certain amount of like authenticity there. There's a certain amount of like, I'm reading all this stuff because I'm connecting with it and I like it and I want to talk about it. So you're going to get the best content out of me when I'm engaging with the things that I'm enjoying and that I can right. actually talk at length about because 
I'm into it, you know, or because I have a significant issue with it. But if something's kind of like right down the middle for me, like Ranger's Apprentices, like I don't have any real bad thoughts about Ranger's Apprentice, but I don't have any like really outstanding ones either. Right, it's like, just kind of like, right, yeah, it's, and it's kind of how I felt about um, Percy Jackson as well, where I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I think I might have like missed it, you know, <laughs> like I, I kind of missed the mark on that. I, I should have read Percy Jackson when I was like 13 instead of 30. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but I'm not saying that you couldn't read it at 30, but just me personally i just didn't have like a whole lot to say about it it um, helps with, a lot when you can read it young and then reread it older and you're like oh good times you know you don't have any right. of that um, nostalgia there also i cannot hear the word jackson like all my life i cannot hear the word jackson in any setting without inside my brain and almost always with my mouth i'm really trying hard not to be like i'm sorry miss jackson <laughs> from like outcast you know like every <laughs> time i hear oh every time yeah. If I meet someone named Jackson, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am for make you Yeah, that's what happens in my head every time. Yeah, that sounds like a curse. I mean, I Jackson really like is a fairly common name. I mean, uh, yeah. You know. I feel like you'd hear it like once a week. Yeah. We're... <laughs> <laughs> Old war uh, reenactments are rough for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough about me. I talked so much about me. What did you do Oh, this it was week? good stuff, though. Oh, man, I got some good stuff done, too. I feel like I finally worked myself out of the hole of, like, starting too many books. And then just kind of like, ugh. Between that and just being busy with other life things, I feel like I was not hitting it as much as I would like to, you know? Yeah, And so totally. I was able to uh, get caught up on some books and then also shows. I'll go with the shows first because that's easier. As I mentioned already, I finished Stranger Things. And man, I got to say just like one more thing on that. They did such a good job in tying up the first episode because it's first season because it's very difficult, I would imagine, as a show writer that you have to write a thing that's complete if you don't get funding for the next season. You don't know. But like you also need to leave a couple unanswered things in there, a couple storylines that you can take away if you do get funding for it. That must be such a frustrating position. I have a theory on that. What's that? I don't think that they were really planning on making more seasons. Really? I mean, maybe in the back of their minds, like they thought we might get another one. But the first season is so self-contained, like you were saying. I I mean, the, I mean what's the, the only thing that sets it up for a second season is when Will goes into the bathroom and like the very last scene of the entire season and like there's three things his... oh there's three okay there's three and educate and you're right. me okay okay there's i mean i just watched it like it's just a working so. theory so i could be i don't know the duffer brothers i don't know what they were thinking like you might you know. be very well right though because it is very buttoned up like it's a very nice complete series um okay so the three things are one is you got it will choking up off the slug in the in the bathroom also spoilers right now if you guys haven't seen it and don't want for the spoilers, first season of one of the most it. popular yeah. shows ever made <laughs> yeah, that came so out like you. seven years ago <laughs> uh second thing is <laughs> i'm such a dick <laughs> <laughs> no dude doesn't mean this is the truth the chief of police he makes some deal that we're not aware of with the secret government people and he's right. like gets in their car all like shadily once he's sure that will's okay from the hospital and like drives off and we're like what's going on with you and so he's made some sort of deal and he's kind of working with them maybe we don't know anything about will's slug thing and then he drops off some food in the forest in a little box at the end obviously for will or for right. l because she's still around so that's another thing but i mean that's not really like hugely untied she's just much, still alive yeah. Yeah, but she's still alive they got to get her out from the upside down somehow totally. or something i don't know what she's even doing there? I don't know. 
I have a lot of questions <laughs> on how the world works. Like, how long does an object have to be in one place before it's in that place in the other side? I don't know. I can't think <laughs> that's something that came up so many times over the course of that show. This, this, you know what? Um, Stranger Things is such a good example of why plot holes just... Yeah, they're there, but don't yeah. worry about it. Don't we worry about it. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we still drive on the road. Yeah, we still drive on the road. Yeah, some of them are fairly, especially in my opinion, in season four, like some of those plot holes are pretty glaring. Pretty um, but like, I don't think that plot holes necessarily make a show or book or movie or anything Me neither. bad. I mean, you're, you're conjuring all of this out of thin air right. right well maybe not thin air but it's you're 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 creating all of this and you can't apply life to a show like there's no plot holes in your life no. right i mean there are, i mean there sometimes are but for the most part pretty much everything that happens to you has some sort of explanation right right there's always like some kind of good reason that you could suss out if you had enough information but on a show it's like you're not watching every single second right. of every single thing that's happening it's more like if you think about it it's kind of the highlights right oh totally is the highlights and it's like a finite amount of material with an infinite amount of potential and so it's like you kind of have to focus on what you think will make the best outcome of a show. And so it's like, I would rather have them focus on like putting more time and effort into interrelational, um, you know, character building than like interrelational. Sure inter, inter, <laughs> that's a word, I think, you know, like, interrelatory. Interrelatory. Um, <laughs> you know, just like I would rather have them build relationships and characters uh, than making sure their world is like button tight. You like, know? like every eh. single event. Yeah. Like whatever. I'll get through it. You know, I'm already watching the show with the upside down world. Like, it's cool. No worries. And the big bad Russians. <laughs> yeah, the big bad Russians. <laughs> the Ruskies. <laughs> <laughs> the Ruskies. Yeah, I know. It made me laugh. I also watched a show called, or not a show, but a movie on Netflix called The Colony, which is like a dystopian world where the rich escaped like two generations ago because the planet was just like totally destroyed and everything yeah. was rotting. No, no greenness. And then they send a team back to see if like, you guys we can, cool? we can come back yeah is, is everything okay down here now because they can't have kids no. where they're at for some reason and uh, it's a pretty interesting movie it's i don't know it's good but it's not great yeah i think a lot of made for netflix movies are it's, some of them are pretty good, good actually good not great yeah i can't think of like many off my head but there's been some that i've very much enjoyed i don't know remember when bird box came out and everybody yeah, lost their collective so shit that. about I've that i've never movie. actually like, saw it it's fine it's, it's all right. I think uh, a quiet it, place is way better. I saw that. Yeah, a quiet place it. rocks. Um, and I think one of my Bird favorite Box, scary movies of all time. I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things where, um, it's, it's a, just the lamest name too, like Bird Box. Like, there's a reason for it. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad movie at all. I don't even really yeah. have much to say. About it. It's just <laughs> you should watch it. You should watch Bird Box, and we should talk okay. about it because uh, okay. it's it's just one of those. It's an example of a movie that. You know, it comes out on Netflix, and then the entire internet blows up about it. Oh it's my just gosh. like, holy shit, like, oh my god, it's like the coolest movie ever. And then you watch it, and you're like, that's all right. Uh, okay. That's pretty good. I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure people thought that same thing about Stranger Things, too. Where, yeah. You know, um, actually, I work with somebody who's like, yeah, I watched a few episodes of it, and I couldn't really get into it. And I'm just like, are you serious? It's so of good. Season one? Like, what? Yeah. It's so good. Different strokes. Indeed. Uh, as you mentioned, we've been reading The Fall of Babel. I'm so excited to talk about it. It's just, uh, I won't gush now, but man, it's so good. And then I finished Crooked Kingdom, which like, made me 
Mm, is it a spoiler if I say I got like super emotional? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can you can say you can it, say you got emotional because I know what part you're talking about. It got about. me in the feels a few times yeah. hard. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, boy, it hurts. Did it. Oh, it hurts. It There's hurts. a couple of moments Something in that fierce. book where you're just like, okay, but 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 that's not really. I mean, yeah, they're not you gonna, didn't they, you didn't really. And then yeah, yeah, and then yeah, Man, and it was like <laughs> yeah, so much like yeah, just just hope and potential. It got kind of. Oh. Wow, wow. A lot of action like, in the last part of that book. A lot of action. It's yeah. really, really good. And it's like there's for like a certain turning point, probably about like a little bit past the halfway point where some events happen, a series of like three events happen. And from then on out, it's like staccato, bam, bam, like nothing yeah. but craziness. It's very good. I liked it a lot. In fact, I liked the second half as much as I liked the first book. Yeah, I think that Crooked Kingdom kind of it took a little bit for me to kind of get into it. It's just it's not as punchy at first yeah. as Six of Crows is kind of all the way through. And you've, it feels a little static because you're just kind of in that city. I was hanging in its tomb. But I know what part you're talking about. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's just there's a scene where Kaz goes back to his kind of stomping grounds and he's not necessarily welcome back there. And yeah. then from that scene to the end of that book, is just it just does not stop. It's so wild. Yeah, uh, it was very good. I was just burning pages. However, it was difficult because I hit at the fall of Babel and the Crooked Kingdom. I hit like major turning points on like the same day because I was kind of bouncing back and <laughs> forth. And then it was just like, what do I do? And so I, I just had to pick the Crooked Kingdom and go. But it was certainly due to wanting to get it done, not due to it being better uh, than the fall of Babel because damn, those books are so freaking good. Uh, and then I'm like, 20 pages into a new series called uh, the forerunner series written by an author that I've been making friends with on Instagram who sent me his books called uh, Jay Veloso Batista. And it's really good so far. I'm like I said, I'm only 20 pages in, but yeah, you're doing your first solo interview for the podcast. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Coming for you, Batista. Uh, speaking of solo interviews, I'm going to be having Adam Caesar on this weekend. Uh, Adam Caesar wrote uh, Clown in a Cornfield, and he's got another, the sequel to that, Clown in a Cornfield 2, Friendo Lives, I think is the name of the book, is coming out in a couple weeks. So uh, Adam Caesar also, I think he worked on some of the, uh, like the Dark Crystal, like art books or like reference books. So we're going to kind of nerd out about the Dark Crystal. Oh, dude, you love, I mean, I love it too, but yeah, you go go deep with that. (laughs) Yeah, I do. But I think he'll be a really interesting guest. Um, like he, he seems really nice, and um, like we're going to talk about horror novels and dark crystal and science fiction and and stuff like that. So that'll be fun to have him on. And I'm also going on a podcast uh, this weekend. Uh, it's called um, I think it's called Bookends with Friends, and I'll be on that on Sunday. Um, so that'll so be like cool. A week too. from today. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll be on another podcast. So yeah, I've been on, I've been invited onto a, a few podcasts and like YouTube channels and stuff recently so we'll see how all that pans out but yeah i mean uh it's it's funny it's like i feel like i'm leaving my house i know know? (laughs) like this is like this is like my home like i'm the most comfortable here i can just i can film this in my underwear you know and it's like it's totally cool and then you could do with me watching you too and (laughs) fine and now i feel like if i i'm gonna go on another podcast i gotta have like an extra cup of coffee or something and just like really be on my shit about it and you know because this is this is my house like i can do whatever i want here but i've done a few things uh, similar nature, you're kind of going outside of your just like comfort zone a little bit, and all of a sudden, you're like, you know, five minutes before, you're like, why am I all sweaty? I've done this like 400 <laughs> times. Yeah, like, I what know. is happening? Uh, what is the fictional fun fact this week? 
All right, this one's pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, Frank Dixon, author of the Hardy Boys books, and Carolyn Keene, author of the Nancy Drew series, don't actually exist. They what? were actually pseudonyms for a variety of writers who wrote those stories. My childhood is a lie. Man, <laughs> Carolyn Keene, I've been like counting her name for a minute now. Yeah, I never bothered to think. Co- never thought that she'd be lying to me. Did you know that's a theory about uh, Shakespeare? Is that Shakespeare is actually like a troupe, like a whole like what? collaborative effort, and that William Shakespeare was a person that a bunch of like a persona that a bunch of people kind of, or at least that he did exist, but they he was part of a larger group of writers that decided to use him as the main writer, and that like everybody was collaborating. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's totally true. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of like literature buffs and and historians that would probably have evidence to not support that but it's really interesting to think about because i mean he put out so much like very prolific but i mean also ridiculous amount he's a very specific style like literally unlike any other style of any playwright ever which is why he's shakespeare and so it's like that would be crazy that a similar sort of flow from story to story and like his the way he puts words together and like the pacing and like the kind of rhythm of the stories um would be able to be kept between so many different people like that'd be very difficult they would have to work very closely with each other i would think which maybe they did i don't well, know i mean yeah i mean like I, we weren't around for that but i mean it seemed like there was a pretty tight-knit community around what was the name of the stage that he used like the world stage or the globe or something like yeah. i can't remember exactly the globe um yes yeah, so it seemed like there was kind of like a like an andy warhol kind of like thing going on there where there was like this kind of core group that seemed to be working it like in a collaborative effort on stuff. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he wasn't penning all of that by himself. I mean, and even with, you know, these look at the Nancy Drew uh, and Hardy boy stuff. I mean, there's so many of those books. There it's ridiculous. So and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, look at uh, like like Clive Cussler and James Patterson and Tom oh, we're Clancy. Comparing and the Hardy stuff. Boys to Shakespeare. I, well, I'm just saying. I'm not I'm saying the content <laughs> is the same. I was saying, look at how prolific those people were. Right. And then if you if you kind of like dig a little deeper, it's like, well, yeah, James Patterson's written how many books? But then you know it's like edited by James Patterson and like were really written by like this person. Um, right. But I mean, Shakespeare is also. <laughs> I'm Shakespeare. Sure. Yeah, Shakespeare is Shakespeare. Uh, did you know that, uh, and I could be super wrong about this, I'm not even going to look it up. I'm not even <laughs> going to look it up, but I've heard that the Blue Man Group is not just like three de- three guys. Like oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's like a true. Whole, that's like a whole thing. There's like mo- many, many Blue Men. Yeah, they, that group. <laughs> I've also heard that Daft Punk would uh, do like multiple shows before like the two guys that are Daft Punk where their identities were kind of let out. Uh, there were rumors that like Daft Punk was playing a party like across town, like some kind of private thing. And then there was like this big other show that was happening kind of like really close to each other in time. And it wasn't like, didn't like super line up that they'd be able to get over there. And there were like multiple Daft Punk shows happening like kind of early time. on in their development. I haven't heard anything to back that up really, huh. but just rumors. Next thing you're going to tell me there aren't actual gorillas under the masks. <laughs> People or something breaking <laughs> me down, bro. <laughs> I don't know. As someone who appreciates let's put it in the worst the best the best words possible for my own self uh so someone who appreciates the spotlight uh it would be very hard (laughs) for me to write a book that much effort and then channel it through someone else's name whether he was fake or not i'd be like what? but what if you were working with like seven other people 
yeah. then you had all like collectively decided this is a fake person that we're gonna that we're gonna make the author and we'll just funnel all of the attention onto this persona that we've all created. You remember you like know? group projects in high school though? There was like one or two guys <laughs> that just never did anything, you know, and you totally. just did everything. And you're like, I don't want to fail the class. And then yeah. they just kind of like, was like suckle, suckling off of your, uh, your they're your, like the whale and they're like the little like plankton fishies. You know? Yeah, I was, I was always a little plankton fishy. The, no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I never got picked for the groups. <laughs> I was had to do my stuff by myself. Man, there's no anxiety like when you're in class in high oh, school boy. and they're like, all right, pair up with somebody. Oh. And it's like one of those classes that you don't have like your friend in or right. like your friends. Yeah, you there's know? like people like, oh, that you know, like a cute girl that I liked or something. And I know, like, like oh on accident. You're like, ah! <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> do you want to talk about fantasy books? I've read Harry yeah. Potter 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear all of the chapter titles in chronological order? <laughs> Yo. Dude, that was so impressive. Yeah, that's on our Patreon. If anybody wants oh, to hear man. hear me spit all the sorcerer's stones, he told me he could order. do it in order, and I was like, "Hit me!" And he did it, guys. Like, not even, and I could tell he wasn't looking at the screen. He was like, his eyes were all wandering off, like looking in his brain drawers and boxes. It was intense. Very all right, I have to go. I'm going to a poetry slam, and I need Ooh. to be on time for it. You um, know, I won a poetry slam once as you're trying to leave. Really? Hey, so I'm going to bring up a new topic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, now I can't cut you off either because this is like an achievement no, of it. yours. Oh, okay, cool. You're like, that's nice, Chad. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, dude. I gotta go. I do have to leave, can, though. Um, and but... We can talk about it later. It wasn't that great. <laughs> you can text me about it. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Send me a voice recording. But yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this Monday Morning Minute. Glad Chad and I are a little bit more on form today and we actually read some things this week. Yeah. Um, but everybody, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And thank you so much for listening. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.